This is the Sunday morning message broadcast from Church of God Holiness in El Dorado Springs. I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. There were times when I didn't know right wrong. But in every situation, God gave blessings. Consolation that my trials only can make me strong. I've been lots of places, I see faces. There were times when I felt so alone. In my lonely hour, yes, that's precious. Lonely hours, Jesus let me know I was His own. Oh, it was through it all, through it all. I learned to trust in Jesus. I learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all. You guys just love that Tim Wilson. And and by the way, Jim, fear not, nobody will know about that. This this is only on the radio. It's only being streamed, and so nobody will ever know what you said. Well, before we baptize some new followers of Jesus Christ, and by the way, uh, early service there was a three year old and his name was Micah. And he was telling his grandparents, he said, so there was some water in the church and, 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 and Grammy and, and Papa, Pastor Joe just threw a woman in there. <laughs> so before I throw some men and women in the water here in just a little bit, we want to go to God's word and, um, we're going to prepare our hearts to partake of the Lord's Supper. And we're going to go to the New Testament book of Mark chapter two. 
verse 27, and uh, we'll be reading two verses there. And, and honestly, this is a scripture that I've never used before in relation to the Lord's Supper. Um, th- this, this past week, the last half of the week, my wife and I made a, a flying trip to, uh, to, to Michigan. That's where uh, her parents are. And we spent just a couple of days with them, a, a full day on the road, full day back going uh, one each way and then two days there. Um, and, and, and God, during that trip, God gave me some fresh insight into his word. And, and, and I have to tell you, I don't always get fresh insight. I try, I pray, I, I, I fast, and I love to have something new come to me every week. But sometimes I feel like Jonah, because if you read the book of Jonah, I believe it was a 17-year span between the time when God spoke to, Joseph, uh, to, to Jonah, there was a 17-year period of silence before he spoke to him again. And that had to be frustrating to him. And, and so generally it's not that long, but, but I don't always have just something new. Even though God's word is always fresh, it's not always necessarily new. But this week, God challenged me with, 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 with something that was new for me. And it may not be new for you, but I trust that it will at least challenge you. The context of Mark chapter 2 is this, and it's very important that you catch this. Jesus is walking through a field of ripe grain with his disciples, and, and the disciples are, are, are hungry. And, and so as they carve a path through the tall stalks of wheat, here's what they do. They, they pull off some heads of grain, and they pop them in their mouth. They eat them. Now, there's nothing wrong with this. That, that, that was actually something that was allowable. But, but on this particular day, Those disciples, picking a bit of grain and popping it into their mouths, caused some people to start mumbling and grumbling. And and the reason for that mumbling and grumbling was that that particular day happened to be a Saturday. The day that they called the Sabbath. And so some of the Pharisees who who happened to be tagging along decided they needed to draw attention to this infraction. And so they said, Jesus, just in case you didn't realize this, your disciples, your disciples are breaking Sabbath rules. Now, the rules they referred to included a whole host of parameters that the Hebrew people had established generations prior. And more specifically, they were taking issue with one of the 39 categories of banned activities. And and catch that, not 39 banned activities, but 39 categories of banned activities known as reaping, which involved all or a, a part of a plant being taken from its source of growth. This was forbidden on, on the Sabbath because it was considered to be work and and the Sabbath was supposed to be a day of rest. Well, that brings us to uh, to our scripture here. Jesus' response, when the Pharisees drew attention to this, this is the way that Jesus responded. Mark chapter 2, verse 27. Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Now, essentially what Jesus was saying was that Moses and the prophets might have established the schedule of the Sabbath, but Jesus was saying that that he came to establish the spirit of the Sabbath. And the spirit of the Sabbath was one of peace and rest. 
And not only was it one to be, uh, to, to be a, a day of physical rest, and it was to be that, but it was to be that, that spiritual rest, and, and someone referred to it as a spiritual soft place to land, or, or a plumb line to recenter our souls. And so God gave the wonderful gift of the Sabbath. It was a gift of peace and rest to mankind. In, in the Jewish tradition, there's a name for this. It's, it's called Shabbat Shalom. And, and that's the greeting that, that people in Israel use on the Sabbath. Uh, uh, you know, that they will greet each other and, and one will say Shabbat Shalom. The other one will say Shabbat Shalom. But it literally means this. May your day of no work be peaceful. And so that greeting that they're saying, may your day of no work be a day of peace. And I've heard this exchange different times when I visited the country of Israel. Shabbat Shalom. But the problem comes in here. The, the Jewish people down through the years, they began to take this wonderful gift of the Sabbath, which was supposed to be for peace and rest. And they began to distort it. Hence the 39 categories of banned activities. Basically a list of things you couldn't do on Saturday or on the Sabbath. You know, one modern day example of the way they distorted the Sabbath is just very intriguing to me. Uh, if you spent any time in Jerusalem, and I know some of you have visited Israel, um, and, and if you stayed in a high-rise hotel, you will find that many of these hotels have an elevator that's designated as the Shabbat elevator. And this elevator is reserved for, for Sabbath observation. And, and here's what's interesting about it. It does not allow you to push the buttons that would send the elevator to the floor that you want to go to. Because pushing the button would be considered work. You're not to work on Shabbat, on the Sabbath. And, and so what the Shabbat elevator does is it, it automatically stops at every floor on the way up and it stops at every floor on the way down. So if the hotel happens to have 10 to 15 floors, it can take you a little while to get up and it can take you a little while to get down. But at least... You don't work by pressing the buttons. Now, that's just one example of how legalism took over this day that was designed to be a wonderful day of peace and rest. Now, if we can just for a moment push aside the, the, the legalism on this and, and get back to the spirit of Shabbat or, or, or the spirit of the Sabbath, the, the point or the spirit was simply to just stop. Quit running. Quit, quit gunning. Quit pushing the buttons that, that control your life. Quit trying to manipulate everything. And instead on the Sabbath, call a time out where you have rest and peace and you reflect on the one who Scripture said is Lord of the Sabbath. That's the spirit of the Sabbath. And that's what Jesus was trying to get across in Mark chapter 2. Now, let, let me try to tie that into what we're about to do, partake of the Lord's Supper. And I know I've taken the scenic route, but, 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 but I needed to give this foundation. Most churches, um, in, in some form, partake of the Lord's Supper. Some do it every week. 
Some do it like us. We do it a, a few times a year. But regardless of the specific practice, I'm afraid that for many of us, the Lord's Supper has become like the Sabbath. It, it's become a ritual. It's become an empty ritual, a, a hollow ritual, a, a meaningless ritual that we practice, but it's lost its meaning. And when we have the opportunity to partake, many times we're more concerned about spilling the juice on us than we are of remembering what it represents. Today, I want us to call a time out. We're going to stop pushing buttons. And we want to get back to the original spirit of communion. Jesus said that when we take the bread and the cup that we are to do this in remembrance of me. What, what does this mean? Well, it means that communion is all about Jesus. You know, when we eat the bread, it, it represents the, the body of Jesus that was broken for us. It's about Jesus. When we drink the juice, it, it represents the blood of Jesus that was shed for you. It's about Jesus. Do this in remembrance of him. And today as we partake of communion, let's make sure we do more than just partake. Let's make sure that we have communion with Jesus. Don't let this be a hollow ritual. Don't let this become like the Sabbath. Rather take this time and have communion with Jesus our Lord and Savior. And as we come to partake, I, I would encourage some of you take the elements and just fall on your knees here at the altar and, and just focus on Jesus because it's about Him. Do this in remembrance of me is what He says. We're going to have a prayer in just a moment. We will all partake, but I want to just say that I realize we have guests today. I'm glad that you're here. You know, at this church, we, we really don't care a lot about church membership. What we care about is that you belong to the church of Jesus Christ, the, the family of God. And, and so even if you're not part of this local building, it doesn't matter. If your heart is right with God, we want you to partake of the elements. The only thing that we ask is that your heart be right with God, that there is no sin, unconfessed sin in your heart. If there should happen to be that sin, I would like to just encourage you during our prayer time, ask forgiveness of that sin and forsake that sin and give your heart fully to Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord Jesus, I want to just thank you for, for the privilege of being able to do this in remembrance of you. And God, forgive us for those times when we have done this as a hollow, empty ritual and tradition. 
Lord, that's really what the Sabbath has become to us. We've, we've violated the Sabbath, the, the principle of peace and rest, because our lives are so hectic, and, and we've violated that. And then when it comes to partaking of what we call the Lord's Supper or communion, it seems like we've violated the Spirit there, and we've just done it kind of as a tradition. Well, that's what we do when we come to church, and forgive us for those times. But I pray that today as we... As we eat the bread that we would remember back 2,000 years ago to the body of Jesus Christ that was broken. The body that the nails went into, the crown of thorns went over the head, and the spear went into the side. Lord, as we, as we drink of the juice, I just pray that we would understand that that represents the blood of Jesus. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And I pray, God, that we would just let the blood wash away our sins. Lord, we want to do this in remembrance of you. Would you just take blinders and, and Lord, block off anything else that may be in our mind that we would just focus on Jesus? Father, we just pray this. In the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand, and we have three tables here. You're welcome to come and partake of the elements. And if you want to kneel at the altar or take the elements back to your seat, you're welcome to do so. Just, just you may come.
let Jesus be exalted in our lives today and in the days to come. I pray this in your name. And all of God's people said, Amen and Amen. Um, you're welcome to put your cups in the little holder in the seat in front of you. And um, thank you for just spending this time with Jesus. We are going to change the order of this service. And, and I'm excited about throwing people in the water. And... Um, so uh, we're going to go ahead and proceed with the presentation of the baptismal candidates. May of 2015 found a lady in our community in a lot of trouble. Her life was broken, devastated, and she didn't know which way to turn. In May, actually on May 18th, she was given the opportunity to go into recovery court, which would, if successful, if she could rehabilitate from her life of destruction, uh, could erase a lot of her, a lot of her trouble from her life. On the first Sunday in June, she came in these doors determined that not only was she going to go to recovery court, but she was going to ask Jesus into her life and make a new life for herself and her family. And on that very first Sunday in June of 2015, Tony Herndon came forward at the end of the service and gave her life to Jesus. Tony is now 15 months clean and sober all praise to Jesus. And today she wants to give witness to the work that Jesus has done in her heart. He has cleaned her up and put her on a new path. And I'm so proud to introduce Tony Herndon, my sister in Christ, as a candidate for baptism this morning. Well, as I mentioned before, today is awesome because we get to celebrate with some people that have made a decision to, to follow Jesus. But today is a huge answer to prayer uh, for me and for those of us who work in, in youth ministries in our church. Um, there, there was a stretch there where, not to go into it too much, but we... Uh, had you know kids coming to youth group but we weren't seeing lives changed and we weren't seeing teenagers saved and choosing to follow Jesus and that was not okay with us and I know it was not okay with Jesus and today is the result of Jesus answering our prayers and changing the lives of several of our teenagers and 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 young people and I'm so grateful that he's doing that and one in particular um Dakota first came to youth group when he was when when he went into sixth grade and was just old enough to do it. And to be honest, 
I mean, me and Dakota, we butted heads several times, didn't we, man? And, I mean, there was like, there was like sparks that flew when Dakota first came to youth group. And, uh, I mean, you know, Chad, me, we all kind of had run-ins with Dakota from time to time. But I'm here to tell you guys, today, Dakota's a different man. And it's because Jesus has changed his life. And I've seen God change his heart, change his attitude, change everything about him. And I'm just so privileged and so proud today to be able to present Dakota Herndon, which is Tony's son, uh, for baptism. So you all put your hands together for what Jesus has done. Good morning. Even though I'm scared to death to be up here because this is not my comfort zone, I I consider it an honor to be able to serve God in any way that I can. And like Jim was talking about, um, working with these youth, I mean, that is, it is, and it's an eye-opener. You know, sometimes they can drive you crazy, but their hearts are so, they're looking for things, and, and they're looking for answers. And so I'm, I'm glad that I get to be a part of that. Um, the one I'm presenting today is Crystalline. And I don't know her very well. I haven't had a chance to get to know her. But over this last year, I've gotten to know her mom and uh, through Bible studies and through um, just things that our kids have done together in the community. And so through that, I've gotten to know Crystalline a little bit. And, uh, and I also, now that I'm back used uh, working with the youth group, I get to hang out with Crystal and the other youth. And uh, but I did visit with her the other day, and I asked her. I said, you know, um, tell me about your relationship with Jesus. And she, uh, we visited, and uh, she, I believe, she has accepted Christ into her life, and that she has made that decision that she wants to start um, walking with the Lord. And we talked about baptism and what that is, and it's a you know public display of what, what you've done inside of here. And I am so excited for her because as an adult, I didn't become a Christian until I was 25, and to see all these kids that go through so much heartache. So I am so happy that she has accepted Christ and that she can have God help her through this time that, uh, you know, some of us didn't have that time, and we've had to go through all the, the heartaches and stuff. So I'm glad that she has made that decision, and um, and and also Terry was talking to me about too because I was proud of her for watching her over this last year, where I'm proud of her, and but she was going, I just don't feel that I'm you know I'm doing the right thing because I, I go to church and then I fall, but you know what? What do you do when you fall? You get back up, and that's what I've seen her do, and and she's a really good example to her daughter. And, uh, but she was saying, you know, I feel like Crystalline is the, uh, the strong one. So I think the two of them together, coming to church, fellowship, all those things, they're making the right step, and that's what we need to celebrate today. Um, so I am happy for this decision that she has made and for her to start walking with Jesus, and it is great joy that I present her as a candidate for baptism.
Well, I just want to echo what Jim and Sherry have said, that there was a time when it felt like we were not getting anything done in, in youth group and kids ministry, and man, it's worth it. Uh, we're seeing it finally, and uh, faithfulness does matter. Um, I met Nick, I'm not exactly sure when, but it was on the Wednesday night bus run. We'd pick him up and bring him to church. And after a while, uh, God kind of started nudging me, like, Nick is one of the kids that you can really connect with. And so I started taking Nick out to lunch every once in a while, and over time we became pretty good friends. And I think one of the main reasons for that is neither one of us has any sort of deep desire to talk. Um, <laughs> we, we can sit for hours and not say anything to each other, and it's not because we don't like each other or we're mad. It's just we're happy in silence. So it wasn't surprising when I asked Nick um, about this. Uh, the conversation went something like, uh, Nick, what do you want me to say? Uh, I don't know. Um, nothing, really. Uh, can you tell me about when you were saved? Uh, no, not really, you know. Um, you understand that this means you're wanting to follow Jesus? He's like, yeah, that's what I want. Um, so it made me think actually about C.S. Lewis, but everything makes me think about C.S. Lewis. So, um, but C.S. Lewis said the same thing. He, he couldn't point to a time when he had specifically said, uh, you know, I want Jesus to forgive my sins. He just said he woke up one morning and realized, hey, I'm a Christian now. And that's why baptism, and Jim mentioned this earlier, baptism is so important for someone like Nick who can't point to a specific time that I, I gave my life to Jesus because now he's saying it publicly. You know, I've done it. I'm following Jesus now. And I've seen Nick change from a, kind of an, an annoying kid to um, someone who's maturing and trying to lead the younger kids, and it's so exciting. So it's with great joy that I present Nick Mehuren as a candidate for baptism. Well, once again, we get the privilege of, uh, of celebrating another young person. And uh, Leah started coming to youth group this fall um, with Chrislyn, right, Chrislyn? And um, kind of got to know Leah a little bit. And she's like, she's a, a bundle of fun and just, you know, a, uh, just a life-filled person to start with. But then uh, kind of Leah and Crystal and both and, and some others, we started to see as we went through, especially this fall, I think, um, in youth group where, you know, they used to kind of just sit over there and try to sneak their phones out where I couldn't see and text and stuff. And like, we went through a change where like them and several others, you could tell like they were dialed in, they were listening, they were paying attention to the word of God, which so much more important than paying attention to me or Chad or Matt or Josh um, paying attention to the Word of God and responding to it. And Leah has been through some stuff. She and her mom have not had it easy. And without going into that story, just the fact that she has chosen to... And we're all looking for something, you know, to, to make the pain go away, to to get us out of our own, you know, pit that that we're in because of our sin. And we all try different things, but Leah, it's so amazing that she has chosen what's really real. She has chosen God 
and the blood of Jesus Christ that forgives her sins, covers her sins, and saves her. And I believe Leah is totally, her heart is in the right place as far as wanting to follow Jesus. And none of these people have it all figured out yet. They're not perfect. But they're going the right direction. And they're following Jesus. And I'm so grateful for that. And I'm proud and honored to present Leah for baptism. Melissa Ruscha was saved when she was in the first grade. And after that, a whole lot of life happened. And she strayed away from the Lord. And uh, got married, had a family. And uh, just in recent months has come back to God's house um, as one step coming back to God. But she wasn't right in her heart, and she knew it. And one night, um, we they were coming to Wednesday. I think this was November 18th. November, where are you, Melissa? November 11th. She's got it down, let me tell you. We were in small group on Wednesday night, and um, some Gwen had given her testimony that night of, of the work that God had done in her heart and changed her. And... Um, I didn't realize that Melissa was under such conviction, but after, as soon as the class was over, she grabbed me and, um, and said, Faith, I need to pray. Um, I want what she has. And we went into the little Barnabas room at the back of the sanctuary, and right there with her um, and myself and her husband as witnesses, Melissa confessed with her mouth and believed in her heart that Jesus paid the price for everything that she had done to mess up her life and um, for her to be righteous before God and to stand blameless and have a white robe instead of the filthy one that she had created with her sin. And she accepted him into her life and purposed to live a godly life and to raise her children in a Christian home. I am so privileged to have been a witness of that, um, of that rebirth, that new birth, when she was uh, accepted into God's arms as a, as a, a one of my sisters in Christ, and she's growing and um, and glowing, and M- Melissa Ruscha is definitely um, an eligible, qualified candidate for baptism this morning, and I present her with joy. This is what church is about. (laughs) When we see people who lived what we would call a checkered life, or even good people that weren't involved in a lot of deep sin, but they were lost without Jesus. That's why we exist as a church, to see these people come to know Jesus Christ. What a beautiful time. Those of you who are going to be baptized, if you would please come and just face me. I want to address you for a couple of moments. Congratulations. I've had the privilege of talking with all of you. And I also believe that you are qualified candidates for baptism. You have confessed Jesus as your Savior. That's the beginning. Don't get away from that confession. 
stay the course. Follow until you take your last breath. And I want to just congratulate you, and I am ready to throw you into the water. Are you ready? All right, let's come and prepare for baptism. If you want to go around that way there. Come out of sadness from wherever you've been. Come brokenhearted, let rescue begin. Come find your mercy, O sinner, come kneel. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. So lay down your burdens, lay down your shame, all who are broken, lift up your face, oh wanderer come home, you're not too far. So lay down your hurt, lay down your heart, come as you are. There's hope for the hopeless and all who have strayed. Come sit at the table, come taste of the grace. There's rest for the weary. Rest that endures Earth has no sorrow That heaven can't cure So lay down your burdens Lay down your shame All who are broken Lift up your Lay down your heart, come as you are, come as you are, fall in his arms, come as you are. There's joy for the morning, oh sinner be still. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. So lay down your burden. 
lay down your shame. All who are broken, lift up your face. Oh, wanderer, come home. You're not too far. So lay down your hurt. Lay down your heart, come as you are, come as you are, come as you are, come as you are. You've been listening to the Sunday morning message broadcast from Church of God Holiness in El Dorado Springs. Our messages are archived at www.eldochurch.com or to order compact discs or DVD videos of the messages, call the church at 417-876-2200. Thank you for listening.